How do we avoid purpose washing and embrace shouting about the great things our businesses are doing? Plus, what is an ethical marketer? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method, like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. This month we're all about content marketing. And in this episode, we're getting into how you go about sharing your progress on the path to net zero or another purpose-based marketing. Um, angle without fear. We haven't talked much about net zero on this podcast yet, uh, but it's now one of our core focuses here at e-commerce master plan, the business. We're on our journey to net zero and our e-commerce master plan podcast is now firmly about both success and the journey to net zero. Some amazing, inspiring interviews coming up soon. So, running a whole month on content here on Keep Optimizing, we just have to tackle purpose-based marketing. How do you shout about the great things you're doing? Not least because I'm on this journey with you and I want to learn this stuff too. Coming up, we are talking about some really challenging areas of marketing. Get ready for that, but prepare to learn a lot too. Uh, We're just about to meet today's guest expert, but before we do, check out those sponsors. Clavio have a new special recipe to help you build brand loyalty. It involves ownership of your data and creates your future growth. Whether you're growing a startup or optimizing your company, Clavio gives you the tools you need to own and access the quality data you've sourced from your customers, the customer first data. Then Clavio helps you manage that data to create the campaigns that build real brand loyalty. Doesn't that sound like a gift worth owning? Learn more at klaviyo.com forward slash holidays. Today, I'm chatting with marketing expert Maria Soleil. Maria is an award-winning marketing consultant who helps purpose-driven businesses achieve growth and revenue with better marketing strategies and impactful content. She has almost 10 years of experience in marketing and communications roles across a variety of sectors. Maria is passionate about working with brands who value people and the planet as much as they do profit. Hello, Maria. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's awesome to have you on here. Um, purpose is something we are all about helping our audience to achieve and shout about. So um, it is brilliant to have you here on the show to to help us do it because you have so much more experience in this than I do. So I know you're going to help everyone a huge amount. But before we get into that, how did you how did you end up as a marketer? How did you get into marketing? I've got quite a diverse um, career background, to be honest. Um, I actually started out in journalism before moving into comms and marketing. That was partly really due to the fact that I realised how much I loved. I had to to build a website actually as part of my um, degree and I I really found that I loved digital publishing, building things, creating content. But basically kind of over the last 10 years, you know, I've worked in social purpose organisations, I've worked for a big B2B multinational, then I went into kind of quite a niche travel business. Ultimately, the pandemic prompted a bit of a career shift for me um, I started my own consultancy and, and and really just as a combination of lots of different things, my own values, the type of work that I've done before and the type of impact that I want to create. That's why I kind of gravitated towards doing more rewarding um, work, which is ultimately about working with purpose driven businesses 
um, to help them grow their business and grow their positive impact. I love the fact that you've you've gone um, kind of into the working for yourself space with a clear vision, because I think a lot of people when they take that first leap just go, "What do you want me to write? Uh, give me anything. I'll work for anyone. I just want it." So I love that you've you've got that kind of laser focus on what you want to do, and clearly, uh, with everything you've been achieving, it's it's paying off. So tell us a little bit more about that speciality and focus to give give the listeners an idea of what they're in for today. Yeah, so I mainly work with um, with clients on either strategy or or content production. So I want to say content is, is mainly writing, but most, or actually, probably sixty seventy percent of my work is um, helping helping purpose driven businesses, and that could be anything from a social enterprise to a charity to a you know an e commerce business that's trying to you know trying to kind of create a bit of change. Most of my work is helping those types of businesses with um, marketing strategy. So that's taking them through um, the kind of background process of gaining some customer insight and some research all the way through to things like segmentation, targeting, positioning, and then on to helping them create kind of um, marketing plans and then helping them actually deliver that plan through producing um, content for you know various different channels, whether it's blogs um social media you know email email marketing and email journeys but it's all with the common thread of of doing kind of working with those purposeful businesses who are, are more about create more than about just creating profit but actually care about doing good for people and planet at the same time i love the fact you you say about how you end up going right the way back to the basics of the strategy, the basics of the business before you can create the content. Because it should be the case with every marketing method that we're building upon the values, the mission, the story of the business. But it always strikes me that content is the one where it really flags up that need to connect with the root, you know, the basis, the foundations of the business. And I think in almost every single one of our content marketing episodes, we end up going back to, hold on everybody, what's the strategy? What do you stand for? We can't create content unless we've got a decent foundation to create it. And is that is that what you what you find the only way of creating purpose-driven marketing is for it to be part of a purpose-driven business strategy? Yeah, 100%. I mean, every kind of customer touch point, every kind of bit of content that you produce as a business should all be informed by your, you know, your kind of baseline um, strategy. Um, and if that strategy's not been created based on the values and the really kind of core proposition of the business, I think at some point it's going to show that if, if you're producing content that isn't aligning to that, the core values of your business, it's going to, it's going to show and it's going to, you know, it's, we all know what it's like when a brand does something and, and it comes across as, you know, it's either greenwashing or purpose washing or even woke washing, um, you know, things that just... Sorry to interrupt, Maria, but woke washing, that's the... Mo- I mean, I've heard of greenwashing, green hushing. I'm fairly new to purpose washing, but that'll make sense. But I hadn't heard of woke washing. That is is awesome. And I think I love the fact you brought up all of that because I think, you know, a lot of brands are are scared of being seen to be greenwashing or purpose washing or woke washing, even though they're doing great things. So I see, I see, you know, we recently switched our focus to being about um, kind of net zero and helping e-commerce retailers do more good as a kind of side plot to that. And 
I found so many retailers who are doing cool stuff, but just not telling anyone about it, least of all their customers. So how do we make sure that we are in a position to feel comfortable with shouting about the good that we're doing? Is it purely as simple as making sure it lines up with our strategy or are there some other things we should bring into the mix? It's about having having confidence and knowing having confidence in the content that you're producing and sharing is factually accurate and is backed up by data. So in the case of greenwashing, I mean, the Green Claims Code that um, is going to be starting to be enforced in January next year by the Competitions and Markets Authority um, is a really, really important uh, thing to, to be aware of, because that is all about making sure businesses that are only producing content and sharing messages that are truthful, that are not misleading uh, to the consumer. And I think if you that is actually a really great starting point for um, I think for marketers that don't feel comfortable about the start of the content that they're producing is refer to that. It's almost worth doing an audit to go through all of the content that you're producing. And that's, you know, every kind of touch point um, we're talking about there, website copy, landing pages, you know, email journey, social media, absolutely everything. And using that, um, the Green Claims Code checklist, and this is when I'm talking, I'm talking specifically here about things around sustainability, claims around sustainability, but there's no reason why that code can't be used almost as a, as a baseline to also refer to things. So if you're talking about things that are more related to kind of social good or social project projects or impacts that you're having in the community. I love that. I love that idea of taking taking what the government's given us. So, f- sorry, for those of you who are listening overseas, the Green Claims Code is a new piece of UK legislation to stop businesses or to try to stop uh, businesses from making claims that aren't really true. So, it's putting some, some kind of boundaries around it all. And I think it would be well worth anyone, wherever you are in the world, taking a look at it because it's a framework you can use to make sure you are uh, being more robust in what you're claiming. Um, but I love, Maria, your idea of taking kind of the principles of that and using it, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, doing good in a specific sector, whether you're, um, you know, getting behind a specific campaign, a specific movement, to create a bit of rigor around how you're claiming things and and what you feel comfortable. It, it's, it's nice to have that kind of benchmark. Yes, if we're here, we can talk about it, we can shout about it, and we should. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, the code and and the legislation that's already it's already there, by the way, but it's just not been enforced. Um, but because I think the CMA said, I think they estimated that about forty percent of businesses' claims about sustainability are well, they're effectively greenwashing because they're not actually truthful. Because it's so rampant, they're actually having to start enforcing it. And I think we're going to see that big, um, you know, bigger organisations are going to be made examples of. But ultimately, yes, those the principles in in the code are ta- are purely really focused on sustainability. But one of the most important things, and I think the thing that people should take away from this podcast, is that it's about being truthful and accurate with everything that you produce. So all of your promotional content, all of your product pages, is using words like sustainable. You won't be able to get away with that, you know, come um, January. Because and then what will start happening is is you'll get brands that are actually the claims that they're producing are, you know, 100 percent accurate and consumers are going to gravitate towards those brands. Um, And ultimately, this legislation will kind of help 
What I also love about about how this new legislation is coming in here in the UK, and as I said, for those of you around around the world, this is a, a good framework to give you that confidence to shout about what you're doing when you are doing right. Because I think there's as many businesses green hushing as there are green washing now. And those of you who are unfamiliar with green hushing, that's when you're doing something great, but you're not shouting about it. And that is part of the battle in any kind of purpose-driven activity is to tell people you're doing about it, you know? So it's great. This is going to give us some kind of benchmark to give us that confidence, Maria, you were talking about earlier, to make those changes, to make those decisions in our business that we're happy to talk about this and we're ready to shout about it. But kind of moving on from that a little bit, one of the things which, you know, we talked about, you know, making our business accurately, authentically doing these things so we can shout about them. But there's quite a lot we can now do to make our own marketing itself more sustainable and ethical, which is, I'll be honest, this is stuff I didn't know existed until Maria emailed it before our interview. So what sort of things can we as marketers start doing to improve the sustainable, ethical nature of our actual marketing, Maria? So I think one of the most important things marketers can do, and I, I do this a lot myself, is is really just learning and education. So, and and quite quickly as well, I think because the pace of change that needs to happen requires us to become educated and do things quicker. Um, so ultimately, it's about reading and learning things like the Green Claims Code and what that means. Also, there's other ways that you can start becoming more ethical in the language that you use when you're trying to sell your product. So there's something called the ethical move. It's a pledge actually that you can sign. It's a new marketing standard. Um, it's based on, it's really based on transparency, trust um, and honesty. I think for a long, long time, marketing, you know, as, as a kind of practice um, has used really unethical ways of selling products. The ethical move is really just one small example of, 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 of the movement towards more ethical marketing. So in terms of practical things that involves, it's it's things like avoiding charm pricing. So not trying to make prices look cheaper by, you know, ending them in, in the number nine. So it's rounding prices up or right, rounding them down because that's then avoiding that kind of psychological manipulation around the number nine. Um, equally, it's avoiding like pressure tactics, like countdown timers, or I think this is quite common on travel websites where it's like 10 people are looking at this. Um, so it's like that that feeling of urgency and anxiety that it creates is it's, it's not it's not an ethical way to be selling your products. Um, and it's not a purpose-driven way to be selling your products. So it's avoiding things like that. And also things like false scarcity. What I find really fascinating about that, and I, I like, I, when I, when you sent over the link, I clicked on it. I was like, right, the ethical marketing page. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. And I went, oh, I was reading through and yeah, this is great. So this is great stuff. But I don't, as an e-commerce marketer, I don't yet feel it would be honest of me to take the pledge because I know how many times over the last couple of years we've been talking about FOMO marketing and urgency and scarcity and recommending those to people. So kind of, I looked at it and I was like, right, I need to have a long, hard look at myself to see, am I yet at the point where I can do this? And so I think a bit like, you know, you can take the green claims code and use it as that framework to start improving things in your business. For me personally, I admire everything the ethical move are doing. And I think it's probably somewhere I'm going to get to in maybe 12 or 24 months. 
But at this point in time, having only found out about it this morning, I'm like, I'm not yet worthy of taking that pledge. I have more steps I need to work through. So for those of you out there who are going, oh my God, we've just put the countdown live for our Christmas last order dates. Yeah, this is, but this is the sort of thing we're going to need to be thinking about in e-commerce, in retail, if we're going to re-educate consumers. And then there was a second link you sent me over, which I didn't have as much time to, to delve into, which was the 100 points sustainable marketer challenge. So um, uh, Maria, what's that one all about? Yeah, so I, I just want to say, by the way, I I totally appreciate you know the challenge there, and and this is this seems quite radical, I think. But what I would say is is that the world needs radical change, um, and especially I think as marketers, we hold a really important role in you know in generating revenue for business. So we almost need to to become that kind of shining light within business to try and do things better and to become more ethical. And to not just be purely focused on on sales and and growth at all costs, which does link quite nicely into the sustainable marketer manifesto that you mentioned. So that's a manifesto um, set up by two marketers called Michelle Carville and Gemma Butler. And ultimately, their goal is to try and educate as many marketers as possible on how to or how to do marketing in a more sustainable way, and also how to educate businesses, educate the businesses that they work in to do to sort of be better at sustainability but also how they communicate sustainability how they engage you know customers and potential customers as well into the topic of sustainability so that their 100 point challenge is is a really and their learning zone actually is is a really good resource to go to if you want to learn a little bit more about how you can start incorporating some of these things into your business it sounds like we need the 100 points sustainable marketer challenge right now to help ourselves on the path. And it sounds like we all need to put the ethical marketing pledge as our homepage when we open up Chrome every day, just to remind us, yeah, this is what you're working towards. Let's see how quickly you can reach the point that you feel confident in making that pledge. Because it is exactly, you know, Maria, you're quite quite right. It's exactly where we all need to go. And I, I for one, need to need to to get my head around it, I suppose. Um, that's the key thing here. Uh, for those of you who want to have a look at those, and all of you should be wanting to have a look at those, we have the ethicalmove.org, which is where you'll find out about the Ethical Marketing Pledge run by the Ethical Move. And we have canmarketingsavetheplanet.com, where you will find the 100 Point Sustainable Market Challenge. And I will try and get the ladies behind that one in particular on uh, one of my podcasts soon. Um, so, Maria, thank you so much for bringing those to my attention because as the audience know, I'm on a learning journey here. So <laughs> all useful tips are um, are definitely welcome because we're trying to take the audience along with us. So I guess for someone out there who's thinking, yeah, we're doing some great stuff. We should start shouting about it. Let's get let's get into some practicalities for a minute or two. How what's a good way for them to start for the first time, maybe shouting about loudly what good it is they're doing, whether that is purpose-driven, whether that is is green or whether that is, is you know, in another angle. Yeah. So I think one of the first things that's worth doing is doing almost like an audit of, um, of, your, of your content marketing. So any customer touch point where you're making claims about your products or your services or even how your business operates, it's worth just doing a check to make sure that those things are factually accurate and that you can back those up. 
And I think another thing you can do is to, in terms of promoting things, if you know, if you work in a business that you know is making some good changes and and, and promoting progress, it's worth looking around the business just to see what things you know are factually accurate that you can be talking about. I think sometimes there's a lack of confidence from marketers to be promoting certain messages because they don't know if they're if they are accurate or they feel that maybe they don't align with the business's values. I think one of the most important things to remember when you're creating content is does this feel true to the business? Does this feel true to the business's values? Because if you're creating content or you're you're creating a campaign that just seems like it's jumping on trends, that's when you're in danger of of being called out, um, you know, for greenwashing or purpose washing. Equally, it's important to remember that no business is perfect. We're all striving for progress. We all we need change and we're all trying to make change. So that really comes back to just being transparent in your marketing, in your communications about the fact that you are trying to do better. So something else that is is really, really important is to make sure that you're continually getting new customer insight and insight into your target segment that should really be informing the content that you're producing. So when I say that, I mean in terms of in terms of their, you know, their attitudes, their behaviors. So really getting those key kind of marketing insights and understanding of what do they want, what do they want to see from you as a brand, or almost looking, if you can't get primary research, look for secondary research. So there's actual um, studies that have shown that the, the better that brands are connected to real needs or issues in, in society, the better they perform. And that certainly applies to brands like Patagonia, for example. They're always cited as, you know, the leading light in this in this particular space. Awesome. Thank you, Maria. We are going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors. And then we're going to talk about the wide, wide world of marketing. Clavio have a new special recipe to help you build brand loyalty. It involves ownership of your data and creates your future growth. Whether you're growing a startup or optimising your company, Clavio gives you the tools you need to own and access the quality data you've sourced from your customers, the customer-first data. Then Clavio helps you manage that data to create the campaigns that build real brand loyalty. Doesn't that sound like a gift worth owning? Learn more at klaviyo.com forward slash holidays. Okay, Maria, so far we've gone deep into creating all that stuff we need to do around purpose-driven marketing. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which does, of course, include everything we've already been discussing. So Maria, are you ready for these? Yes. Okay, let's start with content marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step today, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So it's important to avoid kind of those token, you know, reactionary short-term gestures as a brand. They appear false um, to consumers and they usually do more harm than good. So that's, and that's really where we're talking about woke washing and, doing things to kind of jump on a on a bandwagon or a trend. Awesome. I love that. Things to avoid. Always good to give newbies things to avoid. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? 
So I'm always banging the drum about getting customer insight, understanding your target segment, understanding what they care about. I think it's really, really important to get that data as often as you can um, and use that when content planning. And that will inform, you know, what sort of topics do people want to see? One other thing that I just want to quickly add um, in terms of improving performance is really trying to emphasize the emotional benefits of what you're doing or the emotion and the emotional benefits of your products or services. Because the higher you can get up that product benefit ladder when it comes to positioning, the more this will resonate with potential customers. So if someone listening wants to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? I've actually got a list of resources on my website, which is soleilmarketing.co.uk forward slash resources, which is quite a long list of books, websites, online communities, and all sorts of kind of really useful and interesting places you can go to learn more about purpose and purpose-driven business and things like the Sustainable Marketing Manifesto. Excellent. Thank you for that one. I will be devouring that straight after this interview, I think. Uh, all the rest of you will have to wait until you actually get to hear this uh, to do that. So that was soleilmarketing.co.uk forward slash, what was after the forward slash? Resources. Resources. So that's S-O-L-E-I-L marketing.co.uk forward slash resources. Thank you very much for that one, Maria. And our last question. Um, Finally, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well, I'm going to have to go back to the green claims code on this one purely because it's it's so important and it's literally coming in in January. So that's something that you really need to be clued up on. Excellent. Thanks, Maria. You have given us so much great advice today. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners will want to get in contact. So where can they find you and your business? So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, just Maria Soleil. Um, also the same on Twitter at Mar- Maria Soleil. Um, my website is soleilmarketing.co.uk. Excellent, Maria. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and for opening my eyes and I suspect many of the audience's eyes to uh, to many of the things we should be looking to achieve in the next couple of months, but also giving us such clear advice on, on how to avoid the world of purpose washing and the world of purpose hushing. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much. So a lot to think about in that episode, kind of an episode of two halves. First off, we had um, the really great advice from here about how to go about shouting about our, the great things we're doing in our business, how it all comes back to your mission, your values, the base of your strategy, but also how it's really important to be shouting about it when you're doing good and how the new UK government um legislation, which I've just forgotten the name of, let me scroll back up my notes, Uh, the green claims code even can form um, that brilliant benchmark. It's available right now. It's being enforced in the UK from January. Well worth taking a look at wherever you are in the world Um, and how we can then also kind of manipulate that ourselves to use it for other forms of purpose marketing. The other side, of course, of the interview was just what is an ethical marketer? And it's something many of the the elements, if you look at true ethical marketing, are totally against things we all do day in, day out. Countdown timers must end soon. Fake discounts, hopefully you guys aren't doing fake discounts, but all those kind of urgency and scarcity plays are arguably non-ethical. Then you kind of get to the point of, well, 
if we're using those tactics to sell better goods and to re-educate customers, are they ethical? I think it's murky. That's why I haven't signed it yet and why I'm kind of mulling on it. So we'll get some other people either on this podcast or other podcasts to discuss that further and try and work out where we end up. Love to know what you guys think about it. Do, do get in contact and let me know. For now, though, uh, you can get links to everything we discussed, all those various resources, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. And thank you for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you want to learn more about our new focus on the journey to net zero, have a listen to episode 359 on the e-commerce master plan podcast, our sister podcast. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing and shout about the good things they are doing for the world. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.